This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we are on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle, from the second chair for the second chair. Welcome to season five of the Leading Second podcast. Today, we're doing something special. We're bringing you the live from Leading Second Camp episode. We've had so much fun at camp this year and had so many conversations with other second chair leaders from around North America. We've heard incredible stories and messages from pastors and leaders, and so we wanted to share a great panel conversation from camp. Before we move on, we have some exciting news. We've loved camp so much, we had to bring camp back next year. This time, we'll be in Salt Lake City, Utah for not one, but two days. Wednesday, February 22nd through Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Leading Second Camp 2023 early registration is open just for you for this next week. So you can register using the access code Podcast Insider. This is the lowest price possible for camp, so don't miss out. Registration closes on March 17th and won't open again until this fall. You can find details and register for camp at leadingsecondcamp.com. We'll see you there. Now, before we jump into our panel discussion, we're going to jump into the first segment of the day, a leading second testimony. who you are, where you're from, and what you do. My name is Tracy Keen, and I am the Chief Operations Officer at Strong Point Church in Columbus, Ohio. What's your favorite cereal? Oh my gosh, there's so many to choose from, but right now I have to say that my favorite is Cheerios, the honey nut version of them. <laughs> How long have you served at your church? Well, as co-founder, it will be 25 years in September of this year. What was it like when you first felt called into ministry? It was kind of scary, but yet I knew that it was God's purpose. And somewhere throughout my life, I kind of knew that I would carry the torch of my mother, who was a pastor. Um, and I knew that of all of her children, that torch would come to me one day. So I kind of anticipated it. But nonetheless, it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, pastoring, ministry, whoo. Have you ever had a moment that you felt like quitting and how did you overcome that? Oh, definitely. But God is so gracious and kind because I didn't really have that moment until we were like years and years and years into um, pastoring. And uh, so for me, it was like, I felt like I had been in a position for so many years to extend grace to people. And then when I needed grace or understanding or mercy, it wasn't really there. And so the Lord led me to a book that I had on my shelf for many years. It's Dr. Sam Chan's book, Leadership Pain. And that book, when I pulled it off the shelf and started reading it, it just brought life back to me. And it let me know that in ministry, in leadership, there's going to be pain. I wasn't the only only one who experienced it and hearing some of those other church leaders stories it just gave me the confidence to stay in the game and just keep trusting God for better days what one rhythm have you put into place to stay healthy and or keep growing in your role 
For me, um, working out, I know it may sound carnal to some people maybe, but I have to go to the gym. I have to exercise. I have to go for walks when in Columbus, Ohio, the weather permits. Um, I enjoy bike riding. But for me, I, I feel God when I'm like outdoors or I feel God when I'm like moving my body and really just releasing a lot of the mental things that kind of come with ministry. Um, so working out four to six times a week has been a rhythm that I've consistently done for over 20 years now. And it's just been a game changer. Now, I could give a more spiritual answer by saying, you know, every morning waking up with Jesus, um, Jesus and coffee, that's my jam. And that would be true as well, because you definitely have to have that rhythm. And I have those rhythms. Um, but I would say between those two, that's what would be the 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 main rhythms those would be the main rhythms that have really helped me to be su sustaining in ministry what's one thing you would like to tell someone who's just getting their start in ministry i would probably answer that question by saying number one um know that you're called by god because knowing that is going to keep you for the long haul, if you will. Like there's going to be times in ministry when you can't anticipate the pain. You can't anticipate the disappointment. You don't know that those who say they'll never leave you will leave you. Um, so number one, always know that you're called and you're assigned to this. The second thing that I would say is to avoid familiarity because it really does breed contempt. Um, and the third thing that I would say is continue to always be in the posture of a student. Like never stop learning. Never think that you know it all because you don't. Use the, the wisdom and the experience of those who God has placed around you. They are going to prove to be a wealth of help for you. Some things you'll take, then you'll glean from them. Other things you may not. Um, but never stop learning. Read books, listen to podcasts, find your tribe, find those who are going in the same direction as you are, and make sure you stay in constant communication with them. If you have a story you want to share, reach out to us on social about your leading second testimony. For today's episode, we have a panel style conversation on the lost art of honor recorded live at the leading second camp. On the panel, we have Pastor Brandon and Lindsay, Larry Bry, John Morgan, and Kaiser Freeman. Let's jump in. Okay, we want to have a conversation on honor because we believe that in this moment, in our generation, we're getting the conversation wrong around honor. Um, I think the concept of honor is under attack, culturally speaking. Anyone in authority is being called an oppressor, it seems like these days. And we just say, first of all, coming out of the gate at leading second, we don't buy into that. And um, honor is sort of this lost art. So if you're looking for a title, we're going to title this session, The Lost Art of Honor. And I have invited up um, some of the friends I respect the most. Of course, you know, Pastor Larry Bry, he's going to talk to us a little bit today. Um, I got my wife to come up here and say a few things today, which I'm very excited about. You get the first question, uh, by the way. Um, I want you to help me welcome Pastor John Morgan uh, to Leading Second. Since 
Team Church Conference last summer, you went to the dark side. I've gone to the dark side. I'm You're sorry. You're a lead pastor now. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to be here on paper. Don't worry about it. I sacrificed a cat before I came. <laughs> and it's all good. Can you say that in 2022? I don't know. I don't know what you can say. Okay. Pastor John is no doubt... Um, one of the leading voices in my life, in our life, in our early years where God really used John uh, to birth the leading second uh, revelation in our heart. And I wanted to ask him to talk into that. But I want you to help me welcome Kaisa Freeman from The Well Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. We met a couple of years back. I've been going to your church uh, the last few years. I love your church and I love your story. You have longevity in ministry. And I, I think I value longevity almost more than I value anything in ministry because you can't buy it, you can't rush it, you can't shortcut it. And guys, I just want to honor you. I respect you as a leader. I, you and Seth, I respect you guys in your journey in ministry and what you do for your pastors, how you hold their arms up. So um, can we talk honor for a minute, for a minute, friends? And Lindsay, um, this was actually really born in your heart. Uh, I, I, we were talking a few weeks ago. I said, what, what should we talk about with our group? And... Uh, this was sort of in your heart, so why don't you why don't you take it away? First of all, what are you seeing right now that caused you to? Yeah, well, like this? like you said, I feel like um, honor today is it's almost like a four letter word, right? Like um, people think of it and they think poorly versus uh, in favor of it, and um, that's in the news, that's in social media, that's not just in the church, right? It's like life right now. We're getting like the need to be. Um, agreeing with people the confused with the 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 need to honor them okay so like that's why i see on facebook anyways like people that you don't agree with you're just like knocking them down you know the political party you don't agree with you're knocking them down and that's not honor right <laughs> so like that's real but i also i the only thing like it kept coming to my mind that, that like a lot of leaders and again we're not going to talk about this past this year but the past two years have been hard in a lot of different ways, personally, for our churches, for our pastors. And I see a lot of uh, leaders that have what I am kind of going to call honor apathy. We're down. We've got our heads going. We're working. We're trying to get this church thing going online because we didn't have online yesterday and we have to have it today. And there's a lot of things that we had to figure out in the last two years, relationally and all that kind of stuff. But I just I'm kind of wondering, like, when's the last time you honored your pastor publicly? Um, when's the last time you honored your pastor privately? You know, um, so honor is not just words, but it, it, honor is an honor unless it's expressed. And so I think a lot of us carry honor in our hearts, but are we expressing it? The one thing that I was thinking about in all of this is that um, the, the people that are really going to be hurt the most by us not expressing honor is the young leaders that are coming up that we are not emulating what honor is. And so they're learning on social media, through the news, through their friends, through everybody that like, oh, down on the man and all this kind of stuff. And then we're not emulating what honor really is either. And so it's our job as people that are leading the church that are have hopefully been in ministry for a while to not forget about honor and not forget about what what we need to do uh, to express it. Well, you and I talked about this idea. We're kind of leading in this self-care conversation going on. 
and boundaries and all that. So when a leader asks someone to go the extra mile, it's viewed as abusive or oppressive. Versus I remember a day where we, we did some crazy outlandish stuff to honor. I, I literally drove my pastor to the airport on Christmas morning one year, like because they needed a ride and I wanted to be in their airspace and I did it on the good days and I did it on Christmas day. And Lindsay being amazing and in alignment, she was like, go just, you know, we'll open presents when you get back. It's or like, we'll probably eat breakfast without you, but whatever. Yeah. Like I guess that, that's our marriage right there. Um, I, I need breakfast in the morning. <laughs> so does that make sense to you? Like, like if, if somebody asked you to do that now, like how would you view that? Which by the way, they didn't ask me, I volunteered, but, but, I just wonder where's that art that that in the way that we approach honor with our leaders, the lost art of honor. Um, Pastor John, I wanted to ask you to unpack for us something. Um, you gave me language years ago. You shaped my life. You shaped the way I see the second chair um, through the concepts of architects of honor. And I'd love to just set you loose for a minute and share that with us. Um, I wanted to honor you, honor you for teaching me how to honor. And, um, and I feel like that was one of the building blocks I wanted to have in the day today. Yeah. I, I think when you come to the concept of honor and should I honor is you just go to, well, what's the, what's the result at the other end when you don't honor? Yeah. That, that's really what you've got to ask yourself as a leader. So when, when honor is in the house, you know, honor is the wow factor this is awesome, this is amazing, you know, this is brilliant. And every relationship that you have should, in essence, if it's going to be a quality relationship, start off in a position of honor. We all start that. When you go on staff at a church, you don't start, oh, man, it sucks. I'm in ministry now. They've asked me to come on staff. They're paying me. Get to serve Jesus. No, no one, you don't start like that. You start with, wow, this is awesome. I love this. I get to do this. I get to be in church. I get to serve. You know, you start in that, that wow factor. And so to be an architect of honor means that not only just designing how you're going to show that, but owning the responsibility to give it. So like I've never had a pastor ever in 40 or 30 years of ministry demand honor from me. Not once when I was on staff with Pastor Kevin. Not once ever did he ever demand you must honor me. I'm the architect of that honor. I control, I control the honor. And when you can control the honor, then you can get really close into their airspace. So I could be on staff. I was the youth pastor. So if you know anything about church government, you know, it's the senior pastor, executive pastor, assistant to the executive pastor, friend of the janitor, janitor, janitor's enemy, youth pastor. So I was pretty low. I was pretty low in the org chart. And... Uh, and Pastor Kevin was, and I would still say is, one of my best friends. We were close friends. I was at their house all the time, and we hung out all the time. The only way we could do that was because I was the architect of the honor. So I could get real close to him, but he would never be in doubt at any point that he was still the senior pastor. And, I was on, and he never once asked me to honor. And any staff I've been on, Pastor Brian Houston was my original pastor. If he asked me to jump today... I would still jump. When I jumped, I'd say, did I jump high enough? Would you like a twirl? How did I do? I would, I would still honor him and pastors that I've worked with and leaders that I've loved. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the cultivator of the honor. Why? Because I love the wow factor. I love, I love it being awesome. 
The opposite to honor is division. And, and what happens when you're not the architect of honor and you don't understand how it works? We don't have time today, but I could, t- I could show you multiple examples through the Bible how honor slides. In fact, we, we put the honor slide up. This is how honor works. It starts with honor and then it goes to familiarity. Familiarity leads to contempt. Contempt leads to dishonor. Now, dishonor is not the opposite of honor. Dishonor is just dislocated honor. It's honor that was supposed to go in one direction and now it's gone in another direction. When you go to dishonor, then it moves to division. And God says, I hate those who sow division amongst the brethren or discord amongst the brethren. And so your enemy of honor is familiarity. And you only get familiar when you're with somebody a long time. And the problem with familiarity is it's unrecognizable. You know, it's lukewarm. I'd rather be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Lukewarm is dangerous because you've never walked into a room where the temperature is perfect and went, whoa, temperature is perfect in here. Because you didn't notice it because it's lukewarm. If it's too hot, too cold, you'll notice it. And so familiarity means I'm just with you a little bit too long. And now familiarity gives me permission to do and say things that honor would never allow me to do. So you go from familiarity, next thing you're judging. Why they want me to do that? Why does it? Why do I need to take him to the airport at six o'clock in the morning? Couldn't he get a cab? What about Uber? He could afford Uber. That's what. That's what contempt does. Now you don't verbalize that. You're not telling anybody that. Contempt is underlying judgment. It's, it's a conversation you have in your own head. Next thing, dishonor is looking at somebody else's church. Well, why that church down the road looks better, or that person looks better? You, you just now transfer your honor from where it's supposed to be, or onto yourself. So I take, rather than honoring my pastor, now I start to honor me. So I'm taking the honor that was meant there and put it on me, and it won't be long, then you're in division. So why should you control the honor atmosphere? Is because the opposite is horrible. There's nothing worse than division, being divided. That happens in a marriage. Honor, wow, hot babe, I love my wife, she's awesome. Uh, familiarity. Uh, I was in an elevator with, once with this guy, and I said, what are you doing tonight? He says, I'm going out to dinner with the old ball and chain. What is he talking about? His wife. Do you think he called her that when they got married? So familiarity gave him permission to call her something he would never have done when she was the hot babe. And then contempt comes, looks at some other woman. Dishonor comes, sleeps with the other woman. And then division comes with every relationship. Any, I can take you through Jesus' life, Israel, people when they come to church. So as an architect of honor, you own the passion. I'm going to be a person of honor. I'm going to be a person of passion. And I'm going to recognize when familiarity is coming my way. And so honor pretty much is, if you want to know what honor is, honor is detailing a rental car when you're going to drive your pastor for one day. I, I guarantee Pastor Kevin never sent you a note. Please make sure the car's good. Make sure it's great. He never asks. It, that's, that's what honor is. It's noticing it and doing it before you're asked to do it. That's well said. Amen. John, lean into this one more minute. What I got from you all those years ago when you taught this is that the second chair leader, and I'm talking specifically right now, like an executive pastor, a campus pastor over your location, they're the best position one in the organization to lead this culture. Like it's actually something they can do that their pastor can't do. Like would you just kind of like name it? Oh, you have to model it. Yeah. So anybody that follows you. So for me, and I've I've been serving somebody else, I've now gone to the dark side, but I've served somebody else's ministry for the last 20-something years of my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
And anybody that serves me as a leader when I was a youth pastor honoured me simply because they saw the way I honoured my pastor. So I, I'm never going around telling people, you must honour this, you must honour. No, you just model it. You, you, just, you just show this is who you are. And so if, if uh, and this is how second tier, uh, tier leader works. When um, I'm in my pastor's airspace, I'm there to serve. This is what a servant leader does. I'm there to serve. So I'm watching my pastor. I watch all the guys at Elevation do this. When Pastor Stephen's around, these are grown men, strong men, good leaders, but they're watching. They're watching what he's doing. So if I, if I see my pastor looking like he needs something, I'm struggling. Do you need anything? What, what do you need? You know, uh, if I'm with Pastor Kevin, even to this day, if there's bags to carry, I'm carrying the bags. If there's a car to get, I'm going to get the car. If, if it's cold outside, I'll go and warm up the car. Even now, not only staff, not on his team. If I'm in that airspace, I'm, I'm watching and I'm serving. Anybody that watches me will see me do that. You just model it. When I go out of his airspace on staff, now I'm leading. I am Pastor Kevin. Yeah. And I carry myself like I'm him. I, 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 I presence him in conversations. Pastor Kevin loves what you're doing. He loves you guys. He's so proud of you. He's, he's so, I, I just know he loves what you guys are doing in leading second He's, he's just, that, so I'm presencing, now I'm honouring him in that, in, that, in that realm. And then you just model it. So when I go out, now I'm leading and everybody in my airspace needs to serve up. I anticipate as I honour my pastor, you're going to honour me. As I model it, I'll model it b- both ways. And, and, you know, again, it's just healthy. Yeah. We're in an unhealthy culture that has dishonour. It's unhealthy for you. Never goes good. Well said. Kaisa, um, we were talking the other day about the idea of when we put our leaders in a position and we force them to choose whether to lean on us or not. You know, give us something or not give us something. Would you just take us through kind of that staff meeting, that wrestle that you feel like you had around that? Yeah, so um, Brandon and I had talked about this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and we had had a real, real-time situation in our um, in our staff meeting where our first chair leader was presenting a vision of the year, and I could tell my husband and I have known um, pastors Jason and Erica for about fifteen years now, and so we know them fairly well. But I could tell that as he presented the vision. What was happening is all of us were responding from a place of um, how does this impact me instead of coming from a place of how do I slow down, process things, value the house, value what it is that God is doing, and then respond. And so what I felt like after Brandon had asked this question to me in this real life conversation, seeing his frustration and like, the tension of how do I run with this vision that I know God has put in our heart when the people that are supposed to be uh, alongside of me are challenging that vision or uh, the pace of that vision. So I felt like what God had placed on my heart is when I don't value, I come from two different places, either self-preservation or my own insecurity. And, and, 
there's lots of reasons that we don't honor. There's lots of reasons, but I felt like those are the two things that God highlighted for me. Self-preservation and insecurity. And when we can actually slow down and not, um, not respond, but actually slow down, you know, we're talking about honor, but I actually wonder how many people in the room know what honor means, right? Because it's kind of this idea out here. It's like respect, but it's honor. And how do we do that in the house? It's valuing something as if it's a, it's a precious gem, right? You don't understand the value of something until you can pause and assess that value. And so when we're looking at supporting our first chair leaders in regards to honor, it takes slowing down, not responding in a place of self-preservation or insecurity, but really saying, okay, God, I value this house. I value my leader. I value the people that you died for. And so because of those things, then I can change my response to run with the vision of our, of our great, leaders. So. Great, great. I, and I just love that you're calling us to slow down. Like, imagine being your pastor. And I know what you're talking about. He shared a couple things with me, and it's, it's going to be big. You know, it's going to be stretching. And imagine God's been working on their heart, and he's been speaking to them. And they finally get up the courage and the readiness to bring this to the team, and, and it's met with self-preservation. Just put yourself in your pastor's. That's what I got out of your conversation with me was, man, put, let's put ourselves in our pastor's conver- seat. How would that feel? How would that feel to want to entrust your baby to, to a team? And you guys have a great team, by the way. I love your team. But just using you all as an example, you know, to in, I'm going to entrust this baby to a team that's in self-preservation mode or insecure. So I just I think it's a brilliant thing you just called us to to slow down. Like, can okay, we'll worry about how we're going to get it done in a minute. Can we just honor the miracle of what God is doing and speaking through our pastors, the vision they're bringing to us? We'll worry about the how in a minute. You know, so great charge to us, Kaisa, um, LB. I just want to hear from you before we land on this session. Where did you learn honor? <laughs> honor, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And it really is. Because if we don't have a healthy view of what honor is, we'll kiss up and kick down. And because because honor, if you don't get it, it's manipulation. It's simply positioning yourself to look a certain way. So it's if, if, if you don't honor your pastor like, my gosh, what are you doing to the first-time guest? And so honor is, is so if, if I've got an arm going up, an arm going out, and an arm going down, whichever one of the shortest determines your length of honor. So if I'm reaching up, we often think like, honor your pastor, but you got a really short arm to the people you work with because you're a backbiter and a gossip. This determines your length of honor. And so we got to, honor means weight, value. I love that. What do you give weight to? And I would, I would submit to most of you, the reason you're giving weight to they, what do they say, is because you learn that at an early age and you're a people pleaser. Because they carry so much weight. Now you're 32, but you're sowing division, but it really doesn't line up with who you want to be. It didn't start at age 32. It started at age 12 when you did something and you looked, how did they respond? Were they happy with me? 
And so now you're manipulating the situation to position yourself. And it started as an early age to get attention or to get noticed. But it comes from that place. And it doesn't change just because I tell you, don't act like that. That's like somebody, me looking at somebody short like me and saying, if you had more faith, you'd be taller. Like, thank you, Captain Obvious. What do I do? Like, and so it's incumbent upon us, as you said, Pastor John, to live it out. But where can you break it down? So some of you are really good at golf, but you can't teach anybody else how to golf. So it's, it's the ability to not just say, well, I just get up there and hit the ball. Honestly, it's what I do. Like, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no. Can you synthesize it for language of your house so that you can reproduce it in the hearts of other people? You're a steward. But a steward has to have the ability to train up someone in the way they should go, not just tell them the way they should go. I'm sure it works for you as parenting. I told my kids, and then their behavior completely changed. No, it's not tell a child the way he should go. It's the relationship over time, and it's training them up. And, and it's noticing in the little details. Beautiful. That when, you are, when you're sensitive to it, you can, like, starting in dishonor can just be a tone. So I was on team at uh, City Church in Chicago. I wasn't actually on staff. My wife was on staff. I was on the team. I was traveling out from there. And we were in a meeting with Pastor Kent and Pastor Ali. Pastor Kent and I have been best friends for 20-something years. Pastor Ali was an intern for me when I was at Champion Center. So she was an intern. I trained. And now she's my boss at, at, at uh, City Church. And we were in a leadership meeting chatting over something. And I can't remember, how, I can't remember the conversation or anything, what, what happened. But I answered her with a tone I didn't like. I felt like I answered her as Ali the intern, not as Ali my pastor. And so when the meeting had finished, I, I pulled her aside and I said, hey, listen, I, 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 the way I spoke to you in that meeting, I'm really sorry. And she's like, what, what happened? I didn't, I didn't pick up anything. I said, yeah, you didn't pick it up. I didn't say anything disrespectful. I didn't like the way it flowed out of my mouth. The way it flowed out of my mouth was like treating you like you're, like you're a chum. You're a buddy. You're common and ordinary. Yeah, you're common and ordinary. We're, we're friends. We've been hanging out for a long time. Yep. But, and so I didn't, I didn't like the tone. And so... That's the, the way you navigate is like, I don't, I don't know my tone the way I spoke to you. Like you're sitting in a, in a, hearing your pastor share vision and you don't like the tone of the way you're hearing it. You don't like the tone. It's, it's, it's in the microscopic details that it just starts to shift from honor to familiarity. And so when you, and it's not like I don't like the tone because it wrecked her. I don't like the tone because it changed me. That's giving weight. Yeah. You're giving weight to what the Holy Spirit is, that unction. How many times do you hear it and ignore it before it just fades into the background? It becomes common and ordinary. Yeah. That's when it slips into familiarity. Right. Because you, you so don't know. So the know. little foxes. Yeah, you don't know. You have no idea that it's just being familiar. So just consistently drawing the line. And you can just do things deliberately to force yourself to be honorable. Again, coming back to the detailing the car. Like, like most people, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, well, then you're probably never going to run a major conference called Leading Second and have hundreds of people in a room listening to you. You'll always be small and insignificant. 
That's just the way it is. You have a small and insignificant mentality. You will be who you are. You can't escape it. But when you're big in your spirit and go, it, it doesn't make me smaller to detail the car. It actually makes me bigger to detail the car. Yeah. So we wanted to have this conversation today because we want to reclaim this conversation in our tribe. The world can trip over it. Culture can get it wrong. But um, I believe as leading second, we're going to be the architects of honor. Like we're going to reclaim the narrative around this. We're going to reclaim the art of honor. I just want to call us to that. Anyone willing to just commit to that and say that that's going to be me. Like I'm willing to be the architect of honor. Help me thank our, our panel today, our guests. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.